We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. This is Connecting the Dots. And I'm here on Renegade Talk Radio. Happy holidays. This is December 21st, 2016. And uh, if you live in a heavily populated area, my wish to you is that if you partake in the consumer Christmas ordeal, (laughs) that you at least do most of your shopping online so that you avoid the parking lot traffic jams and the stress. That is my wish for you. If you're out there in the mobs, once again, happy holidays, sucker. Okay, well, in my last show, a couple of days ago, I mentioned the assassination of Russia's ambassador to Turkey, Andrei Karlov. Uh, Everyone was talking about it, and I said I didn't want to speak into it, at least until I had more information to shed light on the whys surrounding this cold-blooded murder. Uh, I was told that Fox News is promoting the idea that it was a false flag, that it is a fake assassination. And I just had to go, hmm. Because based on the research, the readings that I did, I tend to say, "Uh uh-uh. So I did some research, like I say, and the results are very revealing to what is happening, not only in the Middle East, but around the globe. The dots connecting here have been playing out over these past years that are now resulting in massive disclosures and evidence coming to the fore on so many levels it's mind-boggling to say the least but the light of truth is beginning to shine confusion therefore will fall away and that's a very good thing so i'm going to go through what my research unearthed surrounding this assassination and it's going to result in a major blowback against the perpetrators behind it president putin for his part made it very clear he wants to be informed on who directed the killer That's something that could be interpreted as subtle code for Russian intel already very much in the know. In a statement Putin made on Russian television just in the last day or two, he said, quote, ISIS will regret what they have done. This is not Benghazi and I am not Obama, unquote. Strong statement from Putin. I mean, he usually speaks in a more diplomatic, you know, expression way. Uh, But before I speak into this assassination, I want to discuss some lighter fare that brought a little smile to my face. So I've got to share. This is from Martin Armstrong. uh, And he says, the fallout from Hillary Clinton's presidential run is causing an internal revolution among Hillary's big donors. At her New York bash to thank her big donors of a million dollars or more, She took no blame and pointed the finger at FBI's Comey and Putin. Her spin did not work, and she's lost a lot of credibility, according to confidential sources. They were smart enough to realize that even if Russia hacked the DNC and Podesta emails, there would be no release if there had been no wrongdoing to begin with. Now Clinton's biggest backers want a campaign autopsy 
which could expose Clinton's entire operation. The donors are demanding to know where Clinton spent the near, listen to this, $1.5 billion in campaign resources she collected in the closing months. Excuse me, renegade nation, since when does it cost over a billion dollars to run for president? They want the receipts. They're demanding an honest investigation of how Clinton failed to read the mood in swing states and how her Brooklyn operation misread polling data. The donors are not buying the Russian hack story. Putin isn't the only explanation for her failure. And they are now pointing the finger at Hillary. She never bothered to go to Wisconsin. The story running behind the curtain is that fundraisers are cutting off all donations to the Democratic Party until this honest review is carried out. They do not want to hear about Comey or Putin. Foreign governments have been cutting off funds as well to the Clinton Foundation. At last, the money is being cut off. Bill Clinton has lost it, mocking President-elect Donald Trump's intelligence. Oh, he doesn't know much, Bill Clinton said of Trump. Quote, one thing he does know is how to get angry white men to vote for him, unquote. Bill is keeping it racist and gender-oriented. Obviously, Bill is lashing out because the Clinton money machine has come to a screeching halt. <laughs> That is music to my ears, Renegade Nation. I'm all smiles. I mean, after covering such topics as uh, Pizzagate, the Clinton Foundation's mass criminality and fraud and the world players paying to play in order to line their own pockets or create their next career move in the revolving door racket of career politics to consultant, lobbyist, Wall Street player back and forth and the military-industrial complex two-step the two-step that everyone knows about, but doesn't know what to do about. The top levels of power and influence are beginning to see that business as usual of endless payouts and cronyism is facing major disclosure and it all goes way, all the way to the top, all the way. The pressure on some of these connected elites is so bad, for example, that an insider of the very secretive Committee of 300 has just published the list of its top elite members. A long list, to be sure. I've put the link on my page if you'd like to peruse it. Many names most people are unfamiliar with, but you do see a lot of familiar names who are often in the news, whether in the corporate world or the political. And most assuredly, the royal families across Europe. The member who published the list basically said, I'm paraphrasing here, I can't take it anymore. I can't be involved in this any longer. <laughs> I'm just saying. The pressure cooker is ramping up and the halls of power and influence in many parts of the world are feeling very insecure indeed. Okay, I'm taking a quick break here. When I come back, I'll give you the basic skinny as to why the Russian ambassador was murdered and what led up to it. I will say that there's quite a chess match going on as the powers that be are battling it out. I will say that the disinformation machine is disintegrating before our eyes, and if you're cognizant enough, you can see it. This is a beautiful thought of the possibilities that can come out of this period. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. <laughs> Looking for a verbal hand job? Yes, 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 yes. 
Release your frustrations and listen to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly, and I'm just going to jump right in. Here are the dots that we need to connect to explain the assassination. So I'm going to briefly recap the recent past just to set the whole stage here. A year ago last September, President Putin stood before the UN delegates and the world press and called, in my words, bullshit over the U.S.-NATO conflicts throughout the Middle East, Africa, Eastern Europe. For example, the latest clear victim, the Ukraine. Putin spoke into the continual failure to eradicate terrorism on any level. In fact, terrorism was continually on the rise. Just so many days later, after that historic speech, Putin moved forces into Syria by invitation and began kicking ass against terrorist factions, much to the chagrin and general bulking of the U.S., European, and Gulf Cooperation Council interests to date. A resultant smear campaign against Russia as the aggressor, the evil one, began in earnest. The game of placing blame on Russia and Syrian forces of human rights violations or military movements that were killing innocents? Disclosures coming back from, say, satellite uh, imagery or witnesses on the ground proved consistently that the culprits were U.S.-NATO's mercenaries or U.S. military movements not Russia or Syria. I also want to remind you that the failed coup attempt in Turkey last July, Fethullah Gulen, a Turkish national and former friend and colleague of President Erdogan, fled Turkey when Erdogan realized that Gulen was working to overthrow his regime. Gulen fled fled Turkey with the help of the CIA. He now lives in the U.S. as a CIA asset. His many followers back in Turkey were those fingered as being behind that failed coup. It was, uh, as I'm remembering now this whole thing, I remember reporting on it, it was a really weird coup. Uh, I'm not going to go into that right now, but it just came through my brain pan. Uh, It makes me think of stage play. I'll just say that much, because that's what it is. Erdogan's Turkey is and has been a very important strategic ally for the U.S. and NATO, if only by its geographic position on the map, Syria and Iran as well. Let's not discount that important point. Over at least the last six months or so, just prior to the failed coup attempt, Erdogan was extending a hand towards Russia and the BRICS alliance. To date, a very important agreement, the Turkish stream project between Turkey and Russia was solidified and became law in Turkey earlier this month. Erdogan is literally doing a tightrope walk away from his U.S.-NATO alliance and is moving to the Eurasian One Belt, One Road Trade Union, whose foundational approach to trade are set through mutual respect for sovereign interests. Erdogan is walking away from the endless war scenario that U.S. and NATO has been waging for global hegemony and its agenda that refuses to see sovereign nations as equal partners. Instead, they need to empirically control them as utilized vassals so that they can continue to rape, pillage, and plunder those nations for their own self-interests and profits. Literally, the old playbook, which stems from the very tired colonial empire agenda days. The global hegemony meme is falling apart. The assassin, Melvut at, oh, Altentas, I guess that's how you say the name, something like that, 
Uh, Mevlut Altentas, I think that's closer, was a 22-year-old police academy graduate of Turkey's National Police. He was suspended from his duties right after that attempted coup to overthrow Erdogan's regime. The suspension came from the mass purges of suspected Gulen followers. Altentas, though, returned to duty with the Turkish police just this last month. Altantas was killed during a gunfight led by special forces about 15 minutes after the attack, although that did not please Russian intelligence, who expressed dissatisfaction. They wanted him taken alive. It's no secret Gulenists heavily infiltrate the Turkish National Police, so we can expect response for this attack will be an even more relentless crackdown by Erdogan of the Gulen network. The hit happened only one day before the foreign ministers of Russia, Turkey, and Iran were scheduled to meet in Moscow for a key, serious, strategic discussion. They were already closely in touch for the past few weeks on how to strike a comprehensive deal on Aleppo and beyond. And this right after the crucial, previously established Putin-Erdogan agreement, which implied no less than thousands of moderate rebels responding to Turkey's commands to use a corridor out of Aleppo. Let the surrendered rebels out. The assassin, Altantas, has not been tied to any Islamic terror organizations. On the contrary, there are facts pointing that he was a part of the pro-Washington anti-government putsch and that he was working with the U.S. and Israeli intelligence. Someone pointed out that the terrorist's last name, Altantas, could be translated as Goldstone or Goldstein. Also, there was information that Altantas was actively involved with Turkish neoliberal organizations in the U.S., like Young Turks. The spokesman for the U.S., the Russian Foreign Ministry, said that Russia's ambassador, Andrei Karlov, was working to establish contacts with the Syrian opposition. He was talking to all sides of the Syrian conflict and was facilitating the dialogue between Syrian government and the opposition. Quote, considering this, the tragedy takes a completely new dimension, unquote. Apparently, Karlov's work with the Syrian opposition somehow was leaked out to the West. On December 1, 2016, the Financial Times reported that Syrian rebels were in secret talks with Moscow to end the fighting in Aleppo. A quote from the Financial Times report says, quote, The Turkey facilitated negotiations without the U.S. show how Washington could become sidelined, unquote. This kind of situation couldn't be tolerated by the Obama administration. No wonder that according to Russia's officials, the assassination of the ambassador was carried out by the CIA. With Turkey aligning with Russia, Syria, and Iran, Russia and Iran can lock Europeans and Americans out of the Middle East, lock Israel and the Saudis in, and stabilize the region. It seems that Erdogan has recently understood that for Turkey to be peaceful and prosperous, it can only be as part of a greater Eurasian Union. Therefore, Erdogan has making the steps to move away from his alliance with the West and eventually NATO. The West's agenda throughout the Middle East and beyond 
has been to break up and destabilize those nations in order to thwart or halt entirely the massive infrastructure projects that have been initiated within the BRICS alliances to bring in the One Belt, One Road Eurasian trade routes, which will create vast economic development through the Russian-driven Eurasia Economic Union, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the Russia-China Strategic Partnership, and Turkey as a key hub in Eurasian integration. Turkey, Syria, and Iran are gemstones in their strategic geographic locations within those trade routes, historically always has been. So that's what the stakes are, renegade nation. Both NATO and the GCC, which is the Gulf Cooperation Council, remain absolutely mum, not even non-denial denials have materialized. What's also very apparent now is that the U.S. and NATO and etc. are not participants in this process. Russia, Iran, Turkey, these countries are who are deciding the future of Syria. During the meetings Tuesday, the Moscow Declaration to end the Syrian war was adopted without any presence of the U.S. The U.S. has been pushed out of the Middle East and has lost most of its influence despite its military presence in Iraq still to this day. So this is all very interesting. It explains a lot, doesn't it, Renegade Nation? Okay, I'm taking a break. When I come back, I'll talk briefly into the realities surrounding the incoming President Trump. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. I want to ask you if you've checked out Sky Pilot Radio, classic hit favorites from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, which is about rebellion, freedom, and the pursuit of good times. Sky Pilot Radio, the soundtrack of your life. Check it out. It's at www.skypilotradio.com. If you're not listening, start doing so. Great stuff. Hello again, this is Everly, connecting the dots here on Renegade Talk Radio. And, um, you know, I want to speak a little bit into the incoming President Donald Trump. Um, with all the shifts and changes happening, especially taking note of the last segment, which is a huge geopolitical shift and a move with huge ramifications, to say the least. Uh, the other huge shift, of course, is the incoming President Donald. The Donald. Paul Craig, Paul Craig Roberts, excuse me, I can't talk anymore, just published uh, an interesting article, so I'll read pertinent parts of it, including the links within his article. It's food for thought. He starts out by saying that the use of the prostitute media to deny Trump the Republican presidential nomination failed. The use of the prostitute media to deny Donald Trump victory in the presidential election failed. The vote recount failed. The effort to sway the Electoral College failed. But the effort continues. The CIA report on Russia's alleged interference in the U.S. presidential election, ordered by Obama, is in process. Faked evidence is a hallmark of CIA operations. In their determination to seal Trump's ears against environmental concerns, a group of environmentalists plan to disrupt the inauguration. This in itself is of little consequence, but chaos presents opportunity 
for assassination. Trump himself seems to think that he's in danger. According to MSNBC, Trump intends to supplement his Secret Service protection with private security. This provides an indication of the threat that the CIA sees in Trump. Global researchers uh, Michael Chosudovsky has explained that Trump's peaceful approach to Russia aligns him with oligarchs whose wealth benefits from business deals with Russia and puts Trump's at odd, like puts Trump at odds with the military security oligarchs who benefit from the $1 trillion annual military security budget. The latter group have been in control since President Eisenhower warned us about them back in 1960 and can muster deep state forces against a Trump presidency, just like they did with Kennedy. To take on a group like this requires a tough SOB. Anything less than Trump wouldn't have a chance. Indeed, if Douglas Valentine's just-published book, The CIA as Organized Crime, uh, comes out of Clarity Press this year, 2017, uh, if it's even half true, Trump's life is certainly at risk. Donald Trump is clearly no saint, given what we're up against, dangerous tensions between nuclear powers, and the military security complex's stake in these tensions, a saint is not what the situation calls for. The military security complex has been entrenched since NATO's formation on April 4, 1949, a provocation that preceded by six years the formation of the Warsaw Pact of May 1955. Any president willing to confront this entrenched deep state superpower deserves the support of us all. Well, Renegade Nation, I'm doing a short wrap on this segment. Uh, It's the holidays after all. Places to go, people to see, things to do. So I'm closing for now. Once again, I wish you all happy holidays. Be warm, be safe, and spend as much time as you can with the people who mean the most to you. Whether they be family or friends, I wish you love in your heart. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll see you soon. Cheers to one and cheers to all.